Oh, what mic is that? Fancy Pansy? Chico did all the research for me and she was like, get this mic. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Done, sold. I'm on it. (laughs) I love her so much. She's such a good worker. She is, I would take a bullet for that woman. Oh, I love her. When we first met back in February, like she was so quiet and reserved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're first like getting to know somebody and you're first working with them, it's always just like, it takes a while to get to know each other. And our relationship has just developed and grown so strong over the last few months, especially over the summer. And I just love her. I I love her. Like the most special relationship. I don't even know how to explain it. Working with someone this intimately, like she knows Mm -hmm. me inside and out. She knows how I work. I'm just like, I can't say enough good things. And I think you you willed her into your life. I don't even know what happened. I feel like the universe just was like, here's this beautiful woman who has such a good heart and is such a hard worker. And she is strong in all the areas that I am weak. You know, Mm -hmm. I tell her all the things that I want to do. I have all these ideas and I have all this vision and she just helps me stay organized and execute. And I think that's such a perfect thing about being a business person is that my dad always says that he's like, you have to find people that are better than your weakness and you have to hire those people. Yep, exactly. And that's actually something I've been thinking about quite a lot is just how you don't have to be great at everything. And for a long time, I thought I have to be good at everything. And if I'm not good at these things, there must be something wrong with me. And Mm -hmm. just over the last couple of months, what's really been pressing on my heart is just surround yourself with people who are great at what they do and attract good people into your life. And the work gets done. The work always gets done. It's just a team effort. It's always a team effort. That's profound. And I feel like that's really (laughs) part of like letting go and taking the breaks off of like needing to have control of everything. Yeah. And that's hard for type A people like you and I. (laughs) So hard. (laughs) So so hard. I'm like always unlearning every day my type A-ness. I'm like, oh, that was a type A. That's type A fun. Like my friend Dustin's always like, Allie, that's some type A fun. I'm like, yes. And that's why I'm doing it. (laughs) Okay. So catch me up to speed on how you are after you just had a very big life event. So why don't you tell everyone- Very big life event. Tell everyone who you are. And mm-hmm. tell everyone what you just went through. Yeah. My name is Allie Cates. Hello. I help people get through hard and difficult times. I'm also a trauma-informed coach, a certified trauma-informed coach. And I, over the last year and a half, have been working on my business with Anna. So she's an incredible friend. I think it's been longer than that, to be honest. I think it's been... Oh my like God. 2019. Allie. I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. Wow. It's been a while. It's been like three years, then, I guess, that we've known each other. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For backstory, got sick when I, three weeks before my husband and I got married, I was diagnosed with late stage chronic Lyme, sat in this IV room for nine and a half months, got a port put in my chest, was in the IV room three to four times a week, six to eight hours a day. And I was asking myself, like, who I wanted to be when I got out of this situation. And it was always to help people go through hard times. And that's when I found Anna Vatoni and I would like go in the IV room and then somehow I would drive to the wing in San Francisco and work with you with like fevers and like just sick as a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of barreled through it. But 
so I'm feeling better when it comes to Lyme, but about during that time period, so it was July of 2020, I started having really awful pelvic pain and I've always had pelvic pain, but I got off birth control. And so I was having this really bad pain and I'm going to fast forward you to a couple months ago, found out I had deep infiltrating endometriosis. So I flew to New York to like one of the top doctors, got this incredible surgery that changed my life. And these past three months of healing and like looking inward, I feel like I've had a spiritual awakening (laughs) to be completely honest, because if you've gone through hard things in your life, you've gone through chronic illness, your faith, I'm just gonna speak for myself, but my faith was taken away. Like, I feel like I didn't have faith in myself. I didn't have faith in something greater than me. I didn't have faith in the medical system, in anyone. And I think that happens a lot because you just kind of lose faith when you just keep on getting bombarded with really hard things. And so this surgery that I just had really pivoted so much of my mindset, how I want to show up for my clients and my students, how I want to show up for myself and for my husband and our life together. And it just has completely changed everything. I mean, I spoke with you right before you went to New York for the surgery. And I remember we kind of settled on that you were going to take time to heal and you're going to take Mm -hmm. time for yourself. And that was a big risk because you've been working really hard on building your brand and building your business. And Allie, from an outside, an outsider looking in, I feel like you're back better than ever with so much wisdom and so much experience. And I really admire the strength that it took for you to take the time that you needed to heal. And I can see how positive that's been for you. Thank you. And I was talking to your mom about this. Your mom and I are fast friends. (laughs) Love (laughs) Exteen. Love Love Exteen. But you talk about this so much when it comes to like personal branding and everything is, I feel like you kind of follow what people are doing. And then you hit this point where you're like, this isn't working for me. And I have to really figure out what is true for me and who I am and how I want to show up online and offline. And I feel like for the last year, I've just been kind of like chasing what other people are doing and how they're putting themselves out there and like how they're getting engagement, how they're growing their business online and offline. And this time to actually take the time to heal. I remember that conversation. I was like, my ego was like, Anna, I can't take time off. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I had that fear, like, does this feel aligned for you? And I'm like, it does, but I just can't do it. I can't leave my potential students and all these people and clients that I'm working with. And you were just like, I think that that's what you need though. And I was like, yeah, if I take my ego out of this, that's exactly what yeah. I need. The ego. The ego, ego man. Yeah. Gets you yeah. kills you Gets every you time. single time. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, when I really did listen to what was true for me and what was coming up for me, it was to take time off and find like deep healing and journaling and meditating and crying and grieving that like I had lost my faith. You know, I talked to my clients about going through hard times and I'm still going through hard times. Like I'm no less human than the people that I help too. And so I feel like I've come back so much stronger and like Ali, like 2.0 or 3.0, because it's like, I feel like this is genuinely who I am and I can't be copying what other people are doing. I have to be really true to who I am, even though 
you know, I've been through PBA. I was a PBA coach. Like I still had to find that again for myself. I feel like I had to find that again, that authenticity. I know. And I feel like we're always working to find it again. It's like, it's an ever evolving process. It's not like you just find it one day and you're like, oh, this is it. It's like you rediscover yourself every single day. You're such living proof of that. And I really admire your ability to share your experience so openly online because so many people struggle with that. I think you, out of everyone that I've worked with, has taken to social media one of the best. Like you really do a good job at just posting and getting stuff out there, messy action for people who are struggling to just post it. Yeah. What piece of advice (laughs) would you give them? I always ask these two questions about posting stuff online, which is one, are you worried about what other people are going to think? Or is it that you're feeling like mentally burnt out from Instagram or social media? And if it's the former, then post it. If you feel good about what you're putting out, it doesn't matter about the likes, doesn't matter who sees it. You have to stay true to yourself. And what's true for you today is true for you today. Like it might not be true for you in two weeks, but it's true today. And you're human, so you can change your mind. Like change your mind. (laughs) Change your mind. I think we get caught up in this like thing that, oh my God, if I put it out there, I can't change my mind. And we're in this like cancel culture space right now where you say one hard thing or you do this thing, like everyone kind of cancels you out. It's like, no, if we didn't have social media, that's how normal life would work. Right. So I put normal in quotes. And I think if it's the latter, which is that you're actually really, truly burnt out from social media, then take time off, like get in touch with who you are. Social media and Instagram, everything's incredible, but it's also like microdoses of people's energy. So if you're really mentally feeling burnt out, then like be true to you and take that time off. I want to just put a caveat there is that before I got really sick, I was so private, like did not tell people my life, did not tell people my struggles, did not tell people anything. And for me, it took like a deep breaking down of my ego sitting in the ivy room to be like, who are you going to be after this? And it was always to like share my story. And there's still times where I'm like, this feels really, really, really vulnerable, but I know that this is bigger than me. Yes. Yeah. And that's where you got to come from. I've been thinking so much about this, Allie. I remember we had like a PBA coaches round table. Remember that? Like a few months ago, I think it was towards the beginning of the summer. And I remember asking all of you because I was struggling with it. I was trying to figure out what is too much to share and what mm-hmm. is not pushing the self-imposed limitations. Like you're following me. Like what is yes. too much to share, share versus what, what am I not sharing that I could be? Yes. And I was really struggling to figure out what the line was for me. And I've been reflecting on this question over the last few months. And by the way, I think the answer changes. It's contextual. Yeah, it changes every day. So yeah, that's fun. You have to follow your intuition (laughs) to figure that one out. But I will say the content that I am the most proud of and the content that I think does the best and people resonate with the most is the content that I create from almost an outsider looking at my struggles from the outside in, like looking at what I'm experiencing with an objective perspective, not getting tangled Mm -hmm. up in the emotion, not getting tangled up with ego, but looking at it, witnessing, observing it, and then making sense of it 
in some form of art or content. And it's almost like taking your ego out of it because it's like, okay, if my ego's not in it, if I'm not worried or concerned with how people see me, if people see me as weak, if people don't see me as, you know, someone who's super strong, am I okay with that? I am okay with that. I'm okay with taking ego out of it. And that's the content that really pushes the limits and tugs on people's heartstrings, like really gets people to think. So I think that's been my biggest revelation the last few months around content and what to post versus what not to post. I don't know. It's just, I'm always thinking about it. But I think that it's because it's hashtag four on the Enneagram. (laughs) Hashtag four. (laughs) I think that it's what's true for you. I think that it's almost healing for you to see it that way, like a bird's eye view. Like if I can take Anna out of this situation, look at it from a bird's eye view and see like, what are the nuggets of goodness and not being like toxic positivity, but just like, what are the things that can help me move to tomorrow? And how can I like show up for myself and my business again and again? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's cathartic. Totally. The thing is, you know, one thing I've realized too, is that not everybody so many different people go through PBA, so many different personalities, so many different types. Yeah. (laughs) I love creating content. And I think it's something that has made my life richer and more fulfilling, but I think it's about finding what works best for you. You might be a really private person and you can still build your personal brand as a private person. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, what works best for you? What do you feel comfortable sharing? What do you want to put out? Yeah, completely. It's all about what works for you. That's what I like tell people in my program too, is like, even with healing, it's like all what works for what's helping you move forward into the next step. And, you know, I think that so often people think in order to build a brand, they have to be super vulnerable and super candid. And you do, if that's what's true for you, if that's not what's true for you, then you don't. Like fun fact, you don't have to be the like, Oprah's and the Dak Shepherds and the Kristen Bells of the world. Like you can still be true to you and also build your business and have a personal brand. Mic drop. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that's um, just not so, our stories here, but that's, yeah. you know. <laughs> no, that's so true. Okay. So I want to hear about what it's been like building your business the last year. It has been so, I feel cracked open. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. I feel like there's just, it's cracking me open. And I always say it's like, it's like an onion of like just peeling back these layers and like learning and unlearning. And like I said before, you know, I feel like, I was ta- and I was talking to your mom about this, like I was following so many people that I admired to get me to this point. And now it's like, now you need to up-level Ali. And in order to do that, you have to, step into this role even stronger as yourself. You can't be following what other people are doing because now it's like you've hit this plateau almost or this ceiling and you have to break the ceiling to go to the next point. And I feel like, and I said this so many times to you is that I feel like that's why entrepreneurs don't make it past a certain point because it's so much deep intrinsic unlearning and relearning. And it's so much self-reflection and awareness and self-care so that you can show up for your people and yourself. (laughs) Yes. It is like 
self-development in disguise. Oh I my noticed God. all of the areas of my business that I want to improve on are a direct reflection and parallel all the things in myself I want to improve on. And in order for my business to continue to grow and develop, I have to continue to grow and develop. It's like a literal video game. Yes. And every time you get to a new level, it's like, okay, time to figure out the next thing, time to figure out the next thing. And it's like, it's a game. It's a video game, mm-hmm. a really fun video mm-hmm. game, but it really can drive you mad sometimes. <laughs> Drives you mad. And I think the thing is too, is because you just think like, I'm at this point now, and I was actually reflecting on this right before we got on the call is that I had deja vu. Like I was grabbing a cup of water and I was like, oh my gosh, I've been here before. I yeah. like envisioned this moment talking with Anna on her podcast. And if I could talk to the woman back then, I would be like, celebrate this moment today that you're wow. having being on this podcast with Anna talking about where you are in your business, because a year ago I was dreaming about this moment. And so it's really celebrating those milestones that for you, if you are a solo entrepreneur are hard because you're like, I still have to keep going, but like celebrate them. You book a client, you build a program, you, I don't know, are on a podcast for the first time. You're a guest speaker. You write a book. I don't know what the thing is, but like celebrate those moments. Yes. Celebrate the moments and learn to, I think, enjoy the process. Like fall yeah. in love with the journey of it. I feel in the beginning when I first started my business, maybe you can relate to this. I was in a constant hurry. I was always rushing. Felt like, oh my gosh, time is up. I got to go. We got to go. We got stuff to do. And it wasn't until a few months ago beginning of the summer, I really started to check that and just kind of settled on, can we just enjoy this? Can we just Mm -hmm. enjoy building something meaningful and take it one day at a time? And I'd love to get your take on rest, rest in entrepreneurship, giving yourself space to heal, Mm. kind of just moving in the opposite direction of hustle culture and just Mm -hmm. looking at entrepreneurship and personal branding from a holistic viewpoint? That's a good question. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the rest part and the healing part go hand in hand. And for me, it is really about letting your ego go and being honest with yourself. Because if you're exhausted and burnt out, that's going to show in your business. That's going to show with your clients. You're going to be shorter tempered. You're going to be missing things. You're going to be rushing things because your like adrenals are literally burnt out. So you can't take it anymore. And that doesn't lead to your healing. Like life is all about healing in my opinion, but maybe that's just my perspective on it. It's like about unlearning all the things that we've been told are true and relearning what's actually true for us and what's true for our life and how we want to show up. And if you don't give yourself the space to rest and put your computer down, put your phone away, not answer emails or texts after a certain point, like you're going to burn out and your dreams and your hopes and your wishes of helping people and serving your clients or students or whoever is never going to come true. Yeah. I remember in the beginning of entrepreneurship, staying up so late, And it was like working against myself. There was something about it that I was doing it to 
to wear this badge of honor. Like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm such a hard worker. I stayed up till two in the morning. Look at me. And it really did feel like a misalignment. It wasn't intuitively, I knew it wasn't right, but I really wanted to earn my stripes. And I thought that's what I had to do. And it actually wasn't until I really started working with people like you and people like Hillary and just amazing women and men in my corner who helped me start seeing things in another way and really beginning to understand that rest is actually the superpower. Rest the superpower. is the key strength. Yeah. If you know how to take care of yourself, you can't fail. No. If you know how to give yourself grace and unconditional love, even when you make mistakes, oh my gosh, that is the game changer that yeah. I think we all need. Well, and I think that hustle culture goes into, and I'm curious to hear your your journey with this too, is that like you drink four cups of coffee in the morning and then you drink at night, you drink alcohol at night, and then you wake up hungover. So you're drinking even more cups of the coffee and then you're drinking at night to numb so you can go to sleep. And it's this cyclical cycle of just the burnout system that you're like, well, I need a glass of wine to come down for my day because I'm still really hyped up and I'm like anxious and all these things because I've had six cup of cu- cups of coffee this morning. So I was kind of hungover from drinking too much at night. And it's like, it doesn't oh. stop. No. It doesn't stop. So should we talk about Sober Sally's? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so I'm sure a lot of you have seen, if you listen to the podcast, you probably follow me on Instagram and TikTok, but I recently decided to start my sober journey about two months ago, and I've been pretty open with it in my content. And Allie actually was a big part of this. I have been talking to Allie about it for, I would say, a year now, just telling you that I was curious. Yeah. I would go through like little phases where I take breaks and stuff. And it wasn't ever like I was drinking that much. It was just more socially on the weekends and stuff, but it would really set me back during the week. feel like I would make all this progress. I would hit my goals and then the weekend would come and I'd go out with my friends and I'd have fun. And then the next day I'd be sad and it would Mm -hmm. set me back and I would feel really tired and I would be really mad at myself. And it was just the cycle that kept repeating over and over again. So I stopped, stopped drinking as an experiment, really. It was started as a bet with friends. And then I just decided to keep going with it. And I can confidently say like right now, I am so happy that I've made this decision. I can't speak for tomorrow or a year from now, but right now in this moment, it is a decision I feel so confident in. And I love it. I love how I feel right now. And I'd love to hear how being sober has affected your life and how you decided to stop drinking. Yeah. I'm so proud of you because our society, when you stop drinking, is built off of alcohol. It really is. It's everywhere. It's (laughs) It's everywhere. You go to a coffee shop, there's alcohol. And the thing is, is like, I mean, I could go off on hours about this, but the thing is, is that... It's a whole episode in itself. This is a whole episode. (laughs) Episode 2.0. (laughs) But okay, I'll give you a little bit background for me is that I always struggled with alcohol and clinically I would be called an addict and that I had a problem with alcohol. But for me, that's hard to wrap my head around because I wasn't like a classic alcoholic. I didn't come home and drink alcohol. I was more of a binge drinker. And there was a time when I was 15 where 
I ended up in the hospital and I almost didn't make it because I was trying to escape the pain of what was my reality at the time. And, you know, I kind of just kind of put that on the back corner was like, oh, I can drink. I can only have one glass or I can only do this. And then I was 16. I moved to a different county. And that's not how it happens when you're young. Like you just don't think it's going to be that bad. You don't think it's affecting you. Like you don't think any of those things are really like hurting you really. And I remember getting to college and having this moment where everyone is binge drinking the way that I would when I was 15. Like when I was 15, I would go out like four to five times a week and just heavily drink, just awful. I remember feeling so disconnected. Like, should I still be this way in this culture? That's like so, you know, part of drinking. And there were moments throughout college where, of course, I got blacked out and it was bad and all of these things happened. And I think we normalize a lot of that because it is like college culture to get blacked out and to not remember and to hook up with people and all the things, you know? And then my husband and I got back together and really started being like, okay, this is for, this is the real deal. Like we're getting married and we need to work on ourselves to get to this point. And there would be moments where I would get too drunk. And for me, because I had gone through, because I have like PTSD and stuff from my childhood and because I had a lot of trauma happen, when I would drink, my barriers would drop. And so all of that pain would come out when I was drinking in like not healthy ways, in like mean ways and aggressive. And the things that I said to people were just so awful, but that still didn't stop me. Like it didn't hit my rock bottom at that point. And I remember it was December 9th of 2018, six months before we got married. And it was at SantaCon in San Francisco. And I had just drank way too much. We were in an Uber ride home and I was being such a dick. And Ryan, like we got home and he was just quiet. And I was like, oh fuck, I really did it this time. Like I really like, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can ever drink again. And he, the next morning was like, I don't think I could ever drink with you again. I was like, I think that's a solid decision for our relationship. And what he also had to realize in himself was that he also had a problem with it. And it was this really incredible healing moment where the two of us were like, if we want to stay together, if we actually want to have a deep healing relationship with each other, we have to be sober. Like we have to be not sober curious. Like we have to be sober for the rest of our life on this earth because it just doesn't serve us well. And, you know, like we're both have that very addictive mentality. We both he I don't think he has alcoholics on his side of the family, but I have alcoholics on my side of the family. I see how it can take people down. And yeah, so I've almost been sober for three years. But I think the biggest thing, Anna, that you're teaching people is you don't have to go through my journey to stop drinking. Mm, yeah. You just hit it. I mean, for okay, wait, hold on. That was one of my favorite stories you've ever told me. And I don't think you've <laughs> ever shared that with me. I don't remember ever hearing that was the end of your drinking, but yeah. Wow. Really courageous decision. And I makes me respect you and Ryan even more and your relationship and what you've been through. I think that is a beautiful commitment that you've made to each other. So I'm just a wowed by that, but you hit on something really important, which is, yeah, you don't have to be an alcoholic to stop drinking and to realize that it's not agreeable with you. And yeah. that's what I'm, I'm trying to talk about. And I'm very much learning out loud, very much like just letting people in on this journey. I haven't really figured it out quite yet, but I have been amazed 
by the dozens and dozens of messages I've received from people who share with me that they feel the same way, that they know alcohol isn't good for them. They still drink in social settings, but it makes Mm -hmm. them feel bad. And then the cycle repeats. And it's like everything else in our lives, like marijuana, for example, I don't smoke weed because not because I think it's bad, just literally because I don't like how I feel. And I'm never ridiculed for that. People never look down on me for that. But it's like, if you decide to stop drinking, all of a sudden you're labeled as she's no fun or she's different or don't invite Anna because she's not going to be a fun time, you know? Yes. (laughs) Honestly, that was what I think was one of the hardest things because we were going into wedding season. So in my head, I was like, but we'll drink at our wedding. Like when we stopped drinking, it was like, oh, we're just being sober curious. And then the more we got away from it, we were like, holy shit. No, we had a problem and it wasn't like seen people didn't see that we had a problem because everyone else was in it yep. with us to a point, yep. you know, like if I'm drinking heavily and you don't really know how drunk I am, cause you're also drunk, but you also don't know the backstory of why I'm drinking because I'm like so sad or anxious or depressed or grieving. Like yep. it's the intention behind it. Like that's an addict mindset. Right. Yep. And not to label things, but I think that was the biggest thing is like the ego death of It's so much easier to go into a social setting and drink because people are doing it. So when you stop drinking, people feel called out because if they want to stop drinking, they are going to feel called out because you're not drinking. And they'll say things like, oh yeah, well, I don't drink that much. Oh yeah, well, I know I need to stop drinking. And it's like, okay, you do you. I'm going to do me. Like I'm going to still be a fun time and I'm not going to judge you at all. I just know that this is what's true for me. Yes. And that's the thing is everybody's on a different journey. You yes. know, if someone is drinking and they don't have a problem with it, they don't even think about it. Right. Good. I'm glad. I literally give my people you. wine. Like I yeah. literally, when my friends come over for Thanksgiving, I'm like, here's wine. Like yes. I'm not someone that can't be around it. I just know that it's so detrimental to me. And I have such an addictive personality that like Ryan and I are kind of rare that way because most addicts can't be around the thing that's like yeah. hurting them. But I think yeah. it's really about like, having support and having community and making sure that the people that are around you are also helping you move forward in your journey. So I have like a mentor who was also an addict who I check in with every week to just talk about like, how are we doing? How are things progressing? How are you moving forward? Because, you know, you need that community of other people that are like-minded and on this journey with you, whether you're sober curious or you really are completely sober, like you need support in it. Yeah. Having you and Aaron in my life has been so helpful. Oh, I love yeah. that girl. Yeah, me too. I love her and so And you know much. what, Allie, what you just said about ego death. Oh man, that was hard. And I'm still, like, that's more. the thing that I'm struggling with the most is I wore that identity for a really long time, the fun girl identity, because I felt like I was trying to compensate for other areas in my life that I felt were weaker Like I didn't feel like I was pretty enough. I didn't feel like I was smart enough. So I had to be fun. I had to be fun to hang out with. And now that that makes me want to cry. I know. Yes. Me too. And now that alcohol isn't involved, I no longer have that as a crutch. And I have to just be myself. And all of the layers come off, all of the clothing, all of the masks. It's just like unlearning. And relearning unlearning and relearning. And it's actually, when I look at it objectively, when I look at it from a bird's eye view, 
it's very beautiful in a sense. Mm -hmm. The whole process of becoming yourself. (laughs) Yeah, literally. That could be title of a book right there. I know. It could. (laughs) It could. I think too, is that it's like, that is where I feel like the deep knowing yourself comes. Because when you're sad, you're happy, you're celebrating, you're this, you, you can't like escape that with a glass of champagne or a glass of wine. Oh my God, yeah. You have to really feel all of those things and process them in a healthier way. Yeah. You have to deal with social anxiety and just yes. sit with it. Yes. I literally didn't think that I was socially anxious. Like I thought I was just like bubbly, like, oh my God, I love everyone, everything. And it's like, probably because I had a glass of champagne before I had all these people over for Friendsgiving or before I went out or before I saw people in a social setting. And it gives me anxiety. Like we have our 10 year high school (laughs) reunion and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to this thing sober and going to see everyone. Oh God, I have to do that too. I just thought of that. I have to plan mine. Oh, love it. It's going to be great. That it's the unlearning of how to connect with people without having a buzz on. Yeah. Yeah. I will say from a business standpoint, I do feel like it's one of the best things that I've done for my business. Ever. Ever, right? Do you feel that ever. way too? Ever, ever. Yeah, because you find deeper ways to know what your soul really needs in those moments. Mm-hmm. If you're really struggling in your business, you're like, oh, I can't just turn off the computer at six and like have a glass of wine. Or I'm celebrating and having a glass of champagne. Like you need to really deeply get to know yourself and be like, what's going to nourish me and my soul right now to help me move forward or be excited in this moment. And turning to alcohol is honestly really easy because it's like the norm, but breaking the norm is so hard. Yeah. There are so many points this year where I had to ask myself, is this right for me? Or do I think it's right because everyone else says it's right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Waking up is really hard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Waking up to who you are outside of all of the noise is hard. Because we've been told as a society to like, numb the things that you need or take the edge off by this or, you know, do this and zone out on TV and social media so that you can't actually tap into yourself. And it's like, no, what does Anna need? Like, Mm -hmm. what does Anna truly need? And to get to know that is such a gift. I think it's one of the biggest gifts you can ever give yourself is truly getting to know yourself. So Allie, what do you think is the biggest piece of advice that you would give someone who's listening to this podcast right now? Something for them to take away. Just whatever's on your heart right now. I think it would be to listen to what is true for you. And what is true for Anna and I might not be true for you. And that's okay. Like I say this every damn day. Like if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't work for anyone else, also great. Like you have to get to know yourself. And if that is removing substances that are hurting you and not helping you, great. If that's not, and you actually don't have a problem there, also beautiful. Like you can also live a life and build a business and be who you want to be. But really figuring out the tools that work for you because everyone is individual and everyone is unique. And what works for me might not work for you. And that is 1000% okay. And you're still human and whole. 
and just to listen, like truly get to know who you are. That couldn't have said it better myself. That is literally perfect. And how can someone work with you? They can find me on Instagram or on my website. I just changed it today. It's alliecates.co. And same on Instagram, it is Allie period co. So just DM me. I have a program that is coming out. I'm going to take it evergreen in January that helps you just exactly what we're talking about, like learn and unlearn and relearn the things that you need in your life to have a solid foundation to move forward and be the most resilient human being that you can be. Incredible. Thank you so much for coming. You're perfect. Thank you. I love you. You're-